What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, my special guest is uh, Mr. Jasper Rivers, myself. So, hello, Jasper. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Just kidding. Uh, so, I'm doing a solo podcast uh, because uh, I've got quite a few updates I want to share with everybody. And also, I sent out an email last week asking you what your number one challenge is on the topic of revenue management. And I've got a lot of responses really good responses really good questions uh, and so i want to cover a number of these uh, questions on the podcast today now if you've been listening for a while then you know that uh, recently revenue management has really been my focus uh, i've been working with a number of uh, private clients and i'm also responsible for uh, the revenue management uh, department for freewild and i'll Actually, let me give a quick update on Freebout because uh, we are about to open up for guests uh, in our four cabins in Idlewild, California, which we're super excited about. It's turned out absolutely amazing. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at Stay Freewild. Uh, we're putting out some really cool content right now, and you'll see that uh, yeah, the design and the the way the units turned out is is incredible. Um, I've been staying there. Uh, over the last few weeks, I've been staying there quite a bit, and it's so cool to notice like the little design elements that our interior designers have done a great job at, uh, at putting together. Um, but yeah, we're we're about to uh, we're about to launch, and uh, we're actually been getting a number of bookings already through Instagram, which is pretty cool. Uh, we haven't opened up our direct booking website and, and their Airbnb listings yet as we're not quite ready to receive guests uh, but in the next few weeks uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be hosting our, uh, our first guest so that's pretty pretty exciting but yeah so I'm uh, my role in Freewild which we're really looking to expand in the next few years uh, to 20 to 25 different locations and so my job is going to be uh, revenue management right that's what I'm going to be responsible for which is why over the last year or so I've been really diving into that topic and I've you know been educating myself obviously I've got already have uh, you know quite a bit of experience uh, with pricing and revenue management over the last 10 years or so but I've really dove in and tried to find you know any type of resource on this topic i've invited a lot of people on the podcast as well working with private clients um and yeah it's really something that i'm good that i'm really excited about and really passionate uh to me the the numbers and the graphs and looking at the data and optimizing the prices is, is a lot of fun uh, i have a background in uh, mathematics and statistics and optimizing stuff so uh for me that's uh it's really like uh channeling my uh, my nerdy side which uh, i really enjoy so super excited to uh yeah to dive more into that topic and uh tomorrow we actually are doing a free training on revenue management eric and i put together a webinar that you can join for free uh you can just sign up at getpaidforyourpad.com slash training so getpaidforyourpad.com slash training. Just put in your email and then uh, we'll send you uh, all the details. Uh, but yeah, this training will be tomorrow. So that's Wednesday uh, at 1 p.m. PST. That's 4 p.m. EST. So we're going to be live on Zoom for like an hour, hour and a half. Um, we're going to teach you the stuff that we have learned uh, over the last few years where we think uh, you can really uh, get the most improvement in your own 
pricing and revenue management uh, strategy for your listing. So go ahead, sign up for the training, uh, getpaidforyourpad.com slash training. And uh, looking forward to see you see you guys uh, tomorrow on uh, on the Zoom call. Now I'm going to dive into the questions that I've received. Um, by the way, I appreciate all of you sending in your, your questions. Uh, if you're not on our email list, um, you can sign up at uh, getpaidforyourpad.com. You can download a, uh, a free ebook uh, that we put together as well. And once you put in your email there, you'll be receiving our, uh, our emails. We uh, email a couple times a week, uh, sometimes you know a bit more often than other times. But we try to uh, really provide like valuable content for everybody. So, um, so yeah, if you were, if you are on our email list, then you may have seen my email where I asked for the biggest challenges, the biggest questions that you guys have on the topic of revenue management. And I got a lot of responses, uh, which is awesome. I won't be able to cover everything, but I wanted to, you know, go through some of the questions that I thought were most interesting, and uh, and give you guys some, uh, <clears throat> yeah, some feedback on those questions. So. All right, well, let's dive in. So question number one is from Nicole, and she's asking, how can we increase our pricing when some guests leave a four-star rating for value and or locations, but give all positive statements in their reviews? Met expectations, exactly like the photos, super clean, peaceful setting, close to National Park. Now, this is uh, a challenge that uh, is coming up more often I've noticed than in the past. It seems that uh, Airbnb guests are uh, a little bit more critical uh, for some reason. Like the ratings that uh, they give us is, uh, has, I think it has gone down a little bit. Um, I think it might have to do with the, the way that Airbnb is asking for feedback. Um, if you've never been a guest on Airbnb, by the way, I highly recommend book a unit in your neighborhood or wherever you're renting out. Uh, so you can go through that whole experience because, uh, you know, in order to understand our guest, the, we have to be a guest ourselves, right? So if you haven't done that, uh, I would highly encourage you just book one night somewhere, go for the experience, take some notes and pay close attention to everything that uh, the whole process of booking, selecting the listing, the messaging from the guest uh, of the host, you know, the entire experience, um, take note of that because that can be very inspiring. Uh, but also uh, you learn a lot from the process on Airbnb because Airbnb is constantly changing things, right? And if you're if you're not on a regular basis staying at an Airbnb yourself, then you might not be aware that the the, the experience that our guests are going through on Airbnb actually uh, can change quite a bit. So recently I noticed that uh, there's Airbnb is asking a lot more questions when it comes to the reviews. So get, there's a lot more ways to leave feedback uh, through that review process. And I feel like that may have, um, I don't know, I feel like I'm just seeing more hosts uh, who are reporting that it, uh, it's harder for them to get consistent five-star reviews. Um, and so I guess this is not really a <clears throat> pricing options, but it's related to pricing, right? And one thing that I've learned over the last few years is that revenue management is very closely related to marketing and guest experience, right? Because if we improve the guest experience, then we can also raise our ADR. So Nicole is asking a very good question. You know, like if, if we're not getting consistent five-star reviews, then, you know, how can we increase our pricing? Now, this is, uh, this is a, there's a lot to this. Um, so I'm going to do my best to 
to explain everything, all my thoughts on this. Number one is when it comes to the reviews, review scores are not necessarily related to your pricing, right? So like if you charge a higher price, it doesn't necessarily mean that the guests are going to then leave you with a lower rating. Surely the guest expectations will go up somewhat when you raise your prices, but it's it's definitely not a one-on-one -on -one relationship. You know, like I've, I've, I've rented out all sorts of units from like super budget to, to luxurious. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the guests that have a bigger budget and book luxury units, Sometimes they're actually they're actually way less critical than uh, than the people that rent budget units. So it's not always the case that when you increase your pricing, that your ratings are going to go down. Now the value rating might go down a little bit, but the value rating is the only rating where I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be a five point zero. Uh, the reason behind that is. If all your guests are leaving a 5.0 value rating, to me, that means that you're probably underpricing yourself, right? Uh, and so the other ratings are different because the other ratings have to do with the, the service that you provide, right? The communication, the cleanliness, um, you know, accuracy. That's all stuff that you can control to a certain extent. Right? So as you raise your prices, you can just raise your own standards and you should be able to, re to retain the five-star ratings across the board. But the value rating is the only one where you know, it, might, it might drop a little bit, but I, I kind of see that as a, as a, as a good sign. It kind of means that you're, you're charging, um, you're charging a, a really a good price for your listing, right? So, so yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about um, the ratings necessarily as you as you increase prices. Um, but what I will say is the the ratings, the reviews that you there's a lot that you can do to get better reviews. And this is something that I literally last week went through with one of the one of our private clients. So it's very top of mind for me right now. So I'm just gonna go into the uh, the advice that I gave. Our client, there are six points that are mapped out in order to improve um, your review ratings. Okay, so there's a six points. So I'm going to go through this because uh, I think this is going to be uh, very important for, for a lot of people listening right now. So number one is we have to ask our guests the night after they spent one night in our unit, we have to send out a message to ask for feedback and to seed with the guests that we're looking to provide a five-star experience, right? So the message that we send out is the following. So on the morning after their check-in, right? We send them a message saying, hey, just wanted to check in with you to make sure you've arrived well. We want you to have a five-star experience. So if it's anything less than that, then please let us know so we can make it right. Okay, now that message does a couple things. Number one, it seeds uh, the idea in the guest with the guest that we are looking to provide a five-star experience, and we're specifically asking the guest to reach out to us if it's anything less than that. Now that means that if there's any type of if there's any type of issue, and the guest doesn't reach out, they're probably not going to penalize us for it because they'll they're going to think like, okay, well, yeah, there was a small issue, but you know, 
they were specifically asking me to reach out. I didn't reach out. So, you know, I'm not going to leave a bad review because of it, right? Um, now, if they do reach out, then we can fix it. And a lot of people don't like to complain. Uh, so a lot of guests will kind of oversee little issues. But then when it comes to time for the review, then they might actually, you know, give us a, a lower rating because of that issue that they didn't reach out to us for, right? So we have to... We have to make our guests feel comfortable and we have to encourage our guests to reach out to us if there's anything that can cause their experience to be less than five stars, right? So this is a very important part. Number two is um, in some markets, and this is market dependent, but in some markets, we have to educate our guests on how the review system works. Because there are a lot of people who don't realize that a four star is a bad review. They don't realize that a free star is a bad review. Okay, example, uh, one of our clients just got a free star review from somebody who ended up canceling their stay because they got sick. So it had nothing to do with the with the host. And that person, person literally messaged our client and said, hey, uh, I'm giving you a free star, an average review because I got sick, so I didn't really experience the the, the stay. Right, so I'm just giving you an average score. I'm giving you a five, a free star, which is an average score in their mind. But as you as you know, a free star review is really a terrible rating for us as a host, right? But that um, that guest didn't know that. Guest isn't aware of that. So we have to educate our guests. Now, this is the reason why I say this is market dependent because what I've noticed is, is in, in some markets. For some reason, Airbnb, the guests are more educated. Uh, I don't know why exactly, but I'm just noticing that from working with lots of hosts around the world. Some markets, people have no idea how the rating system works, and we have to explain it to them. So we have to either use one of those Fritz magnets. Uh, if you go on Amazon and you look for... Just look for Airbnb review system explained or something like that. There's a lot of people that have uh, created uh, fridge magnets um, that basically explain that a four-star review is a, is not a good review, and and it really helps to educate your guests um, on this by by using these uh, these these magnets. So check them out on uh, on Amazon. I'm sure you can find it. But there's other ways to educate your guests too, right? I mean, you could um, you could send them a message too. That's some hosts do that. Um, I like the the fridge magnet option because it's a more subtle way of educating, but you could also message your guests and just explain to them like, "Hey, you know, for example, before you leave a, before you, they they leave a review, you could send them a message and say like, "Hey, we we love hosting you." Um, you know, thank you for being such a great guest. We're going to leave you with a five-star review. Um, we would appreciate if you could leave us a review as well. I don't like asking for the five-star review, but I'll ask for the review. And then, you know, you could say something like, hey, please note that the Airbnb review system works a little different than the hotel review system. You know, like a five-star review basically means that you enjoy your stay. Uh, and anything less um, means that we're, there were some severe issues with your stay, right? So please keep that in mind. That's another way of educating the guest. I like I like the subtle way, but you know this is this is also a way that could work. Now number three is you got to build a relationship with your guests, <clears throat> and the reason is that you know imagine that you're staying at an Airbnb that is, and you're hosted by a friend, 
right? Now, you're probably never going to leave a four-star or less of a, less than four-star review for your friends, right? Because he's, yeah, this person is your friend. And you're never going to do that. So, the, you know, the, the, it works the same way with our guests. Like, if we, if we communicate with them and we build a related, little bit of a relationship, and the way to do that is share something about yourself and show some interest in your guests, have a bit more of a conversation with them by, you know, uh, outside of just sending them like the check-in message and the information and all that stuff. Also, if there's an issue, if there's ever an issue with your guest, call them. Don't just message them or text them, like give them a call. It shows you care. And on a phone call, it's much easier to build the relationship than through messaging. You know, as long as they haven't hurt your voice, uh, you know, it doesn't really feel, you don't really feel like a real person. It's like, you know, just the messages and the, and the pictures and everything. So, you know, calling your guests can really make a, make a big difference, especially when there's an issue. I've noticed, <clears throat> I've noticed this over and over again. Anytime we encounter an issue with our guest and we call them, and we're very, you know, we're very understanding and like, you know, we're very reasonable and we're talking to the guest and we're helping the guest resolve the issue. Uh, we're apologizing that they're experiencing that. Um, typically, we'll still get a five-star review, right? Just because the guest is like, well, you know, clearly they care about my experience. Um, they've handled the situation really well. They managed it well. And so, you know, they'll still leave you with five-star reviews. So... Keep that in mind, you know, build a relationship with the guest, show that you care. Um, and then also guest follow-up, right? This is not so much to get more five stars, but more, just to get more reviews, which by the way, the number of reviews is very important in the Airbnb search results, okay? So if you have less than 25 reviews, you definitely want to push your guest to, to, uh, to leave you a review, right? without being too pushy, of course, but like you want to remind them uh, that, uh, uh, that you know, you'd appreciate it if, if, you, if they leave you a review. So definitely if a guest doesn't leave you a review within the first couple of days after the, when the, after the review period has started, definitely uh, send them a quick message, you know, send them a, a reminder of like, hey, it was, it was great to host you. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, you know, gave you a five-star review, love for you to, uh, review me as well. This uh, really helps our business. Um, it's really important to us. So, you know, we appreciate your, uh, your help with that. Right. So just, uh, just remind them, uh, cause a lot of times, especially people that are new to Airbnb, they just forget, they get one notification from Airbnb or maybe another one, uh, then maybe not logging into their Airbnb account. So just letting them know and following up, uh, maybe once or twice, um, can significantly increase the number of reviews that you uh, that you get, and that's going to help you with the search results. So that's going to help you get more bookings and and so on. Now, the uh, fifth, fifth, my fifth point on getting better reviews is you have to make sure that you have a feedback loop in place in your business where uh, either you or one of your team members, maybe your virtual assistant, is looking at all the reviews and all the private feedback and make sure that you implement all feedback that you're getting from guests, even if it's something super, super small, we got to constantly improve the experience. We got to constantly focus on understanding the needs that our guests have and constantly focus on improving that guest experience, right? 
because you know the the better the guest experience the better the review ratings are going to be right that's very 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 simple so um make sure that's a focus in your business um you know to constantly monitor monitor that have a system in place where somebody is consistently looking at the feedback uh and um you know implementing that feedback on a on a weekly or monthly basis now oh that was uh i think that was point six as well yeah yeah so i guess it's five points <laughs> um but yeah those you know this whole process uh of maximizing the amount of reviews that you get but also like uh you know making sure that your guests understand how this review system works and um you know showing that you care communicating correctly is, is really gonna drive a lot drive a higher review score and that's very important so let's go back to original question uh that nicole asked is how can we increase our pricing when we're not getting consistent five-star reviews it's i would suggest focus on focus on your review process right focus on everything that i've just gone through and also um you know like i mentioned it's not like not getting consistent five-star reviews is not a necessarily like a pricing problem right you might still be able uh to charge a higher price if you're you know consistently fully occupied um you might be able to increase your prices even with and uh, implement that review process at the same time and still get higher uh, a higher review score right so all right hope that's helpful i'm gonna take a sip of water because uh, doing a solo podcast is uh, a little bit more demanding on the voice um okay next question all right, this is a question I got a lot from people. Sharon is one of them who asked this question. Sharon's been on the podcast effort actually a number of years ago. Um, and she's asking, or it's not really a question, it's more of a statement, but she's saying pricing tools are daunting, hard to implement and learn it all. I'm old school. And I totally get that. I, I will completely 100% admit that even though I, I do have a background in mathematics and statistics, and I'm very comfortable with numbers and graphs, I also find it a little bit overwhelming sometimes looking at the data because there's just so many graphs, there's so many you know things that you can select, so many different numbers, and it's yeah, it's it's very intimidating, you know, looking looking at your pricing tool and looking at old data and trying to understand like how do we adjust prices based on all this information. It is daunting um and you know <clears throat> but here's the good thing when you when you start using a pricing app you don't have to fully use all its functionality right away take it step by step right even if you're currently manually just entering prices and let's say and, and, and i know there's a lot of people that are still doing this just have one price for the the weekdays and one price for the weekends right now, I can guarantee you that you'll be able to increase your revenue by using a pricing tool. Um, but I also understand that it's 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 a bit daunting, it's a bit scary, you know, it feels like you're giving away control to the, to the tool, right? So what you can do is you can you can really slowly ease into it, right? So for example, you can easily turn on your pricing tool and just tell the tool to set the exact same prices that you set manually now, right? Um, because you know, one common misconception that I feel like a lot of hosts have is that 
It's like they feel like they have to choose between setting prices manually or letting the algorithm do it. Well, the algorithm, the pricing tool is just a tool. You can still control 100% what prices it's going to set. But even if you even if you just tell the pricing tool, just set weekday weekdays at X and you know weekends at Y, it still gives you, there's still a reason to use the tool because it gives you a lot of information. You can see what your competitors are getting booked at. You can see like how much demand has hit the market compared to last year. You can see like where, what dates people are booking. You have so much information in that pricing tool that even if you're not really using the functionality, I will say it's still worth the, you know, the 20 bucks or whatever, you know, 20 bucks a month for something that you're paying for your listing. It's still way more value that the tool gives you than, uh, than what you're paying for it. So, um, so I would highly suggest everybody use a pricing tool, right? Even if you, if you, even if you're in that scenario, in that situation where you feel like, well, not really a numbers person. I don't, I don't really, it's daunting. It's, it's scary. Just start and keep it simple. Right. And then slowly over time, you know, you start looking at the data you might, you know, you, you might feel a little bit more comfortable. Another thing you can do, if you feel uncomfortable with just giving full control to the, to the algorithm, you can set a min and a maximum price, right? So for example, let's say you charge 250 bucks on weekdays and you charge, you know, 350 bucks on weekends. You can actually tell the tool, uh, you can, you can give the tool a minimum, right? Let's say a minimum of like 225 and a maximum of 375. Right. And now you, you, you tell the pricing tool, okay, within that range, you can kind of do what you want. That way, you know that you're never going to be charging less than the 225 and it's never going to be more than the 375. You could even do 250 to 350. You can make the band as, as narrow as you want. You can also say, Hey, on weekends, I want to, I want to be in this range weekdays. I want to be in this range. There's so much flexibility that you have so that you can really just dive into it, ease into it without losing that control but then you can start learning you can start looking at the data every day right you can start looking at the prices that the tool wants you to set right and you can see why right you can see like oh there's more demand you know three weeks from now you might not be aware of that right you might not be aware that there's a conference or something and there's a lot of demand and you can charge a little more right so there's a that's a learning process and once once you start working with the tool, you can then slowly, every week, you know, you learn about one new feature and you're getting experience from looking at your, your numbers and everything. And then over time, you know, over time, you, it's going to be, you're going to start understanding a lot of stuff. You know, anything, anything new is always a bit intimidating. You know, it doesn't really matter what. Whatever it is, if you start with something new, it, it always feels a little uncomfortable. You don't really know what you're doing. But the best way to learn is just getting experience with it, right? And then show up for a training tomorrow so you can learn <laughs> um, and listen to this podcast, of course, but you're already doing that. So that's my advice to everybody out there who uh, who feels intimidated by the pricing tools or maybe you've already signed up for it, but you're scared to turn it on. I, I know there's people out there that are in that, in, in that situation because I see it in our student groups. Um, so yeah, just to ease into it. Um, don't, uh, yeah, just use the default settings. Um, if in a lot of, 
let's say you don't want to charge more like i hear a lot from hosts as well they're saying like oh the tool wants to charge a lot more i'm not feeling comfortable with that well just lower your base price right again you can you have full control over what what the pricing app is going to do all right i'm going to take another sip of water and then we go to the next question uh next question is from tommy and uh let me save a sip of water and Tommy, I'm going to read his question from the email that he sent me, actually. Um, okay, so Tommy is saying, one thing I'd like to figure out more is around occupancy pacing considering real-time data instead of historical. He says, I, manip I manipulate my pricing based on pacing towards occupancy goals, which is great. That's great that you're doing that. Relative to historical booking windows in the area. Okay, so Tommy looks at historical booking windows. What does that mean? He looks at, you know, how, when did people book last in the past, right? For a certain date. When did people book last year or two years ago? And uses that to kind of predict when people are going to book now. And based on that, Tommy then knows how much, how much occupancy he should have a certain amount of time uh out right so like 30 days out 60 days out 90 days out which is great and i'm continuing to reading the email here this is great but it doesn't take into account current booking window trends which is very true for example if a big yearly event in the area gets cancelled severely skewing those booking windows then my numbers don't take that into account i'd like to figure out a way to be able to pull in actual present day booking windows instead of relying on historical and uh yeah that makes a lot of sense now, there's a, this is another reason why it's so useful to use a pricing app because in your pricing app, you're going to be able to get a lot of this data. Okay, I will say to, to look into the future, and let me just illustrate Tommy's point here, right? Um, and I sent, I sent out an email about this, but for example, this year, you guys know Taylor Swift. She got very popular. Every time she throws a concert, the airbnb demand goes through the roof right now imagine that taylor swift books a concert in your city looking at past data uh you're going to be charging the same price um you know as as you're as you've charged in the last few years now obviously like as as bookings start starting to come in the pricing app is going to see that there's more demand and they're going to they're going to slightly raise your prices but it's good to it's good to be aware of what's going on. And, and one thing that you can do in order to kind of predict uh, demand changes compared to the last few years is look at pickup, right? So what pickup means is essentially uh, I'm using price labs right now. And price lab shows like the last seven day pickup. That means I can see which dates are getting booked in the last seven days. And there's, I can see, I can look at a graph, right, for the next six months and see um, what percentage of the market occupancy is has been booked in the last seven days. And sometimes you see a bit of a spike there. And when you see that, then you know that there's something going on. It's like, why are suddenly a lot of people booking, you know, for like this date that's like two months out? And then you look into it and you realize, oh, then, you know, they just announced an event there, right? So then you can be ahead of the curve and you can you can adjust your prices because you know that probably it's going to book out or at least the occupancy is going to be a lot more, a lot higher than uh, previous years, right? So look at uh, pickup. I'm sure in other pricing apps like Wheelhouse, Beyond Pricing, 
I'm sure they have that functionality too, where you can look at uh, look at the pickup in the last X amount of days, right? So that's one way to look at it. Number two is you want to look at the booking curve right now versus what it was last year. Because then you know for pacing ahead of pacing behind compared to previous year, right? So for example, let's say I'm looking at Thanksgiving weekend in, uh, in our market right now. And I see that, uh, you know, today is October 3rd. Today, 30% uh, of the market has been booked for Thanksgiving, right? 30%. And last year at this exact day, 50% was booked. So what does that mean? That means that we're pacing behind for Thanksgiving. That means that last year at this exact day, a lot more people had already booked their Thanksgiving stay in our market or the supply has increased, right? Because right now we're only 30% occupied for Thanksgiving and last year we were 50%. So it's either the supply went up or demand uh, came down, right? Now, obviously you could look at other data to see how many listings uh, there are and you can figure out if it's a supplier demand thing but either way by comparing the booking curves you can figure out if we're if we're pacing ahead or if we're pacing behind in terms of occupancy and if you see that there's a big difference then that can be a clue uh, as to how to adjust pricing so if we know that we're pacing way behind for a certain date range then you want to go in and um adjust your pricing to be more competitive or you want to adjust your occupancy target. Um, let's say that, you know, last year you wanted to be at 30% occupi uh, occupied for the next 90 days. But then if you see that we're pacing behind now, you might say, Hey, I want to, I want to get a few more bookings in early because I don't want to be caught having to drop my prices, uh, by a lot last minute because I'm not getting booked. Right. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, it's a little little tricky to kind of explain this over over audio without. You know, normally on, on coaching calls, I'll share my screen and and really point it out in the graphs and everything, which is a bit easier. But hopefully hopefully this makes sense. So Tommy, thanks for the question. Great question. Um, all right, let me see how long I've. Oh, I've been talking for thirty five minutes. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> Oops, I got a call in five minutes, so I gotta I gotta uh, wrap it up here. But I'll probably do a few more of these episodes. Um, let me know if this is if this is useful. But I got a lot more questions uh, from you guys. So again, I appreciate you guys sending in your questions because it really helps me to uh, you know to provide more value to the community. Um, so before I wrap this up, again, uh, we're doing a training tomorrow. Eric and I on Zoom is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to teach you uh, the seven secrets, seven Airbnb revenue management secrets. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So sign up at getpaidforyourpad.com slash training. Training is going to start 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST uh, tomorrow. Uh, even if you can't be there the whole time live, um, I still recommend you sign up because then we will automatically send you the recording uh, as well. So go ahead, sign up, getpaidforyourpad.com slash training. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.